Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing all right and staying safe out there. I know this Delta variant is surging, and so is my anxiety and depression. I mean, oh, just when we think we're coming out of it, it just comes right back. But one thing that I am excited about this week is that Miss Sheena Shea is finally engaged. I'm so happy for her. I don't know what it is about Sheena. Maybe it's that she's the only Bravo celebrity I've really had a connection with. Um, she was lovely in giving me advice while I was going through my egg freezing procedures. Uh, but I don't know. There's just something about her. She's just unchanged, no matter how many things keep moving and changing and everything, she just remains the exact same. And there's some comfort I find in that. We did hear that Vanderpump Rules finished filming for their season, so we should probably expect the show to start again sometime later this fall. And I don't know, I'm going to give it a shot. I know season eight was rough, but we got through it, and I'm looking forward to what they have now. Also filming is Portia is filming a spinoff in Mexico. I don't know a whole lot about it. I haven't read a whole lot about it. I'm definitely going to watch it. But if anyone has any intel, be sure to send me a DM because I am very interested. Of course, Bravo's chat room is coming back, and that's with Portia and Giselle, not Hannah Burner. And I'm wondering, like, are they going to have two other people on? Is it going to be like the four boxes still? Is it just going to be two boxes of Giselle and Portia? I don't know. But I was thinking while I was watching Family Karma this week that I don't really want to watch chat room unless it's with the aunties from Family Karma. These women are so wildly entertaining and so opinionated, I just think it would be such an incredible show. Just like Family Karma is, I swear, it's the best show on Bravo right now. And do yourself a favor and listen to the recaps that Archie and Nora do on the Reality Is podcast. I'll share some of my brief thoughts on it, but for in-depth recaps, definitely check out the Reality Is. So I'm just so overwhelmed with joy for Amrit and Nicholas, who got engaged on the last episode. And it's so wonderful to see Amrit's family so excited about his impending marriage to Nicholas. And it's just absolutely beautiful. But this proposal was done on a yacht that I think it started at like 730 in the morning. And they've only been out for a couple hours. And they are all very, very drunk, uh, very early on. And they go to have a engagement party. But it was so funny to see Vishal, Risha and Bali just stumbling over themselves. A wheelbarrow was involved. I have no idea where that came from. They're waiting for an Uber. And they were an absolute mess. One thing that I really was interested in this episode was kind of peeling back the layers on Risha's mom, Lopa Auntie. 
we got to see a lot of dimension from her. So she's historically been the villain all of last season and most of this season because she doesn't like Vishal, uh, the man that her daughter, Risha, is engaged to. And she has some issues with Vishal's mom as well. But we find out that when she was young, her mother died and she got a stepmom who wasn't very warm. And then she had this marriage that fell apart. But not only that, she had another daughter, Risha's sister, who has been estranged from her for about 10 years. And that was shocking. I mean, that broke my heart for the daughter, for Lopa, for Risha, for the whole family. It just absolutely broke my heart. And it kind of explains why she's holding on to Risha so closely. Um, she doesn't want to lose Risha to Vishal and his family. And she also, I think, doesn't want Risha to make the same mistakes that she made maybe in marrying someone that she wasn't the right fit for. So that was really just fascinating and heartbreaking to watch. The other thing that was also just so tough to watch was Brian having an argument with his girlfriend, Dr. Monica Shaw. And it just feels like the timing isn't right in this relationship where Monica knows what she wants. She has checklists. She knows what she wants to do with the rest of her life. And she has kind of a plan of when she wants to get engaged and married and have kids and start her practice. And Brian is just not there yet. And there's nothing wrong with either of them. It's just their timing seems to be off. And it's it's sad to watch. But let me tell you guys, if you are not watching Family Karma, please, please catch up on it. It is so great. And this next week is going to be the season finale. I don't know if they're having a reunion. I really want them to because I absolutely, absolutely adore these people on the show. But I also don't want the reunion to only feature like the kids and they're not kids, but like the main cast. I love the aunties. I love like the auntie and uncle dynamics. And so I would love to have a reunion with like the entire cast of Family Karma. But that would be (laughs) probably one, a COVID protocol nightmare. And two, just like so many people because it already feels overwhelming when there are just like five or six housewives and Andy. I can't imagine like a cast of like 25 people. (laughs) But I want I want them to like sit as families and like, I don't know, I have this whole vision and uh, we'll see it probably will never happen. So on this week's podcast, we've got my friend Mary Payne Gilbert from the Pink Shade podcast. We do a crossover Pink Shade is this real life episode. And it is so fun going to get to that in a minute. But first wanted to share just a few thoughts from the Real Housewives this week. So Beverly Hills, I just think they have hit their stride. They have finally have the perfected the dynamic that we need. And I am so, so, so grateful for Sutton and Kathy and Crystal, the new energy that they bring. And Garcelle is fabulous. And it's just absolutely amazing. I know Erica is the whole like major storyline, but there is so much happening. And we're learning so much about these women. And I adore it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And this week on New York, I enjoyed it as well, especially the last maybe 20 minutes or so when they were doing the seance. And we really kind of got a glimpse into 
some stuff with Ebony and Sonia and Ramona. And that's the stuff that I'm interested in. Like, I want to know their backstories. It was great to hear more about Ebony's grandma and her relationship with her grandma, because I feel like the relationship that Leah has had with her grandma has kind of overshadowed what's been going on with Ebony. And then to hear about Sonia's dad and then realize that her other friends don't know that part of her past, I, it was real. it's sad. And I really hope that Sonia gets the help that she needs. And I know that we say that every year, but I feel like this is kind of it. Like this is the last year of the dynamics of Sonia Morgan. And it pains me to say that because she's one of my favorite housewives. I love her humor and her comedic timing and kind of her crazy sort of Kathy Hilton type energy that she brings. But I feel like she's stuck on this sort of hamster wheel and we see the same thing play out every single season and we need something new from her and she needs something new from herself. It's for herself. It's just not healthy what's happening. And, and it's time that she gets a breakthrough and does some work on herself. And then with Potomac. um, (laughs) So I realized that my favorite housewives trope other than two of the housewives who absolutely hated each other becoming friends is when they're having a fancy dinner and they're arguing and then they get interrupted by the chef. And this happens, I think, three different times in this week's Potomac. And I was cackling every time. Oh, man, I can't imagine what the chef was thinking, hearing about hot box and sing sing. (laughs) I laughed just thinking about it. And I have to say, in this whole like Giselle versus Karen argument, I, I I love the sort of frenemy relationship. I'm worried it's become enemy. And I have to say, and how it started, I am definitely on the side of Giselle. So it sounds like how the whole kind of argument for years started was with Ray, Karen's husband, saying what I believe is a huge insult to Giselle, telling her that she should find a man now while her looks are good because they're going to fade. And there's so many reasons why that's a nasty thing to say, but it's a nasty thing to say. And so she hits back and says, well, you know, you'll be six feet under before that happens, like before these looks fade. It's a joke, right? She's she's responding to a, a perceived insult, an actual insult. And for Karen to say that that was Giselle wishing death on her husband, Ray, is so far-fetched and so ridiculous. But I kind of think Karen believes it because why else would she just go so hard for Giselle? It just it makes the whole thing makes no sense to me. But then I have to say, I couldn't stop laughing when Mia was saying, well, anytime you wish death on someone's husband, you have to reevaluate if they have a good character. <laughs> I was like, What a quote. What a quote. I mean, I maintain Giselle was not wishing death on anyone's husband. She was simply sticking up for herself and an incredibly ridiculous and insulting comment that Ray made. And I know that Karen loves Ray and sticks up for everything he says and does. But man, I just don't see how you could 
interpret it any other way as an insult. If someone said that to me, oh, Mandy, you better get a husband now before your looks fade or before something else, before your womb dries up. I mean, whatever it is, the reason that you have to do something now, it's insulting and it's rude. And I firmly stand on Team Giselle for that one. Not for everything, but for that. And that should mean a lot coming from me because I took one of those crazy quizzes that they had, you know, when we were all on lockdown and it ended up ranking your favorite housewives like one through 100 and something. It was a really long. It took like 45 minutes to take this quiz. And Karen Huger ranked as my number one housewife. And so I don't know. I think it says a lot for me to go out against her in this specific incident. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, my DMs are open. So if you have feelings about this episode or any other episode I've done, feel free to send me a message. No need to write a review saying that you hate me talking about politics, okay? (laughs) I live in D.C. I work in politics. It's part of who I am. And, you know, but I am open to critique and do love hearing from all of you. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Slutsker, and you'll hear in the interview, but Mary Payne and I talk about mediums and psychics, and she gives me some recommendations. So if anyone else has recommendations for a medium, please reach out. Or if you've had a positive experience with one, especially if you've been someone who was on the fence and wasn't sure, I would really love to hear from you because... I, as most of you know, lost my mom five and a half years ago and don't really feel much of a connection with her spiritually. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like she's sending me that many messages. I, I don't know. And I would really love to connect. And this seance scene that we saw this week in the Real Housewives of New York was really emotional for me. And I'm like, I would love to feel that. Um, So, Yeah, would love to hear from you guys and any sort of advice you may have um, on that front. All right. Well, without further ado, here is my chat with Mary Payne Gilbert. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Mask up. And I'll talk to you next week. Hi, everyone. I am here with the lovely Mary Payne Gilbert from Pink Shade Podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, my gosh. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is a a banner week in the Bravo world. It was full of good shows. I'm so excited to chat with you. What a week. Let's just dive right into Beverly Hills because it was one of the best episodes I've seen of that franchise in so long. I watched it twice. I need to watch it again. It was chock full, like so chock full of information. But I realized, you know, how sometimes when you're watching something and if you don't have to take notes, then you just sort of, you know, you look at your laptop or look at your phone. I couldn't. Every time I was sort of looked down, but wait, what'd she say? Wait, what'd she say? And rewind it. It was not only the Erica stuff, but like the Sutton story. And even and even just that little chestnut of Lisa Renna being like Harry Hamlin in the kitchen saying, how does Scott Disick come into our lives? I was like, you know, just the little the little bits of Kathy Hilton not knowing how to drive. Like, I mean, just like, God, I've never driven two hours. My knees hurt. I was like, well, you're doing it wrong, Kathy. Your knees shouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
so good. It was so good. It was so good. So everyone goes to Palm Springs to the Desert House, which is apparently on the same like land as the La Quinta Resort, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize, which is actually, fun fact, where The Bachelorette filmed with Tash for Tasha season. I am not a Bachelor Nation person at all. I've, I mean, I sometimes know, like, like I know who Nick Vial is, and that's about it. Like, I, you know, Andrew Firestone, like, I, uh, you know, no, I don't know anything, but I do know that they filmed there because I know that the next one they filmed at Nemecolon in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which is right by us. Yes. Yeah. So it was beautiful. I always knew that her house was beautiful. Like I remember it from the first season, but it was just gorgeous. And I was so jealous that during this like COVID time, people that have a place to get away, even Mm -hmm. I mean, even their house is a getaway, right? Like Kyle Mauricio's home is be such a lovely place to quarantine. Yeah, she's like, he's going to the gym. How's he going? Well, we have a gym. It's like over there <laughs> by the pool <laughs> next to the steam room and the sauna and the masseuse that's on, that lives in that house as well. Yeah, that yeah, it's it's a different it's a different world when you can uh, quarantine like that for sure. Yeah. So this is the day that the big hearing happened that all of us were paying attention to as well, which mm. is when the Girardi's assets were frozen and. I'm really excited to see next week because this is right around the time where Erica had her complete meltdown on Instagram and was like posting texts from between Tom and a mistress who was mm-hmm. also a federal judge. And I'm like, was was she going back to La Quinta and like going on Instagram and fighting with people and posting stuff like in the middle of all of this? <laughs> yeah, I can't. Was it was it December or November when it this was happened? December. Okay. It all seems very real time to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it all, all of this just to me just happened. I understand that in, in 2020, 2021, like our, our sense of time is really skewed. So in my mind, this just happened a couple of months ago, but I guess it was, but so much has happened even since then in the case. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if she, would she saying that thing like, oh yeah, he had lots of affairs or whatever. And I loved how Kai was like, I've heard that. She didn't even, she didn't even bat an eye. She didn't say like, why didn't you tell me? When did you hear this from who, what went? She was like, "Mm -hmm. got you girl. Yeah. She just, she just was like, yeah, everybody's heard it. I was like, dang, maybe she's going to get Kyle later behind the scenes and be like, tell me what you heard. I need to put it on my list. Right. It was also interesting to see Kathy's reaction to all of this. And she was just saying that she signs whatever paperwork her husband gives her because she trusts him. And I think that a lot of people are in that situation. And yeah, I mean, then she said, have you talked to Robert Shapiro? He's like family. Dear God. (laughs) Oh, when I heard that, I was like, no, wait a minute now. Because Kyle's best friend is Faye Resnick, Mm -hmm. whose best friend was Nicole Brown Simpson, who was murdered by OJ, who was then represented by Bob Shapiro. Now, is Bob Shapiro a great lawyer? Probably. Yeah. Do you want someone suggesting him to you when he got OJ off a full-blown, cold-blooded murderer? Like, maybe, it's like, does this say what Kathy thinks of the situation? Or is she just trying to think of the most high-powered attorney she can to fight another high-powered attorney, you know? I think she's just thinking of a high-powered attorney. I know how I take it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he's the guy who got OJ off. Wow. Like, one of the guys. It was a whole team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, 
when she was like, well, I don't know if he's team Tom. And I think that, you know, it would be tough because I'm thinking of this like, okay, Erica married Tom with no prenup. She has the upper hand in California law. If she wanted to walk away from that marriage at any point, legally, she's entitled to half, um, Mm -hmm. at least half of what he's earned since their marriage. And she never did that. And so I'm wondering if some of it is due to the fact that, like, he has all these buddies and she wouldn't be able to execute, you know, a a strategy to get what she would have been legally entitled to because no one would represent her. She wouldn't have a good lawyer. Everyone's friends with him. Everyone's Mm -hmm. afraid of him, Mm -hmm. you know? I wonder that, too. And I know that, like, And a lot of celebrity marriages, like I think the best example being Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, when they got she was blindsided by him leaving. And and he said their date of separation. And she was like, no, he was like living in our home. And the reason he did it the way he did it was because it has it's like a 10 year mark, I think. And I don't know if that's California, but I think it's a 10 year mark. And once you hit that 10 year mark, it's 50 50 no matter what. So at any point after the 10 year mark, it seems to me from what I know of that, she could have done that. But it sounds like from his last two divorces, especially the the most, the one before her, he'll fight you tooth and nail for years until you have nothing, you know? So maybe she was just like, he's already 80 something. I'll just go down with the ship, you know? Right. But then he ran out of money. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. so obvious that she married for money Right. And but for the last however many years, she was trying to sell us that they were in love. And that is just such a load of shit. And it's like, don't believe everything I showed you on this television show that we've all been watching for the last five years. Believe what I'm telling you now. Oh, yeah. Back then. Well, I didn't really lie. I just covered it up or I didn't, you know, tell you the whole story. Now I'm telling you the whole story. It's like. If for all these years you put on a show and now we're supposed to believe you, I don't know. That's that's what's hard for me. In order to accept the story that she's telling us, we have to not believe anything else she told us before telling this story. Yeah, and just, you know, devil's advocate, I, I do think that uh, a lot of women find themselves in that situation. And you and I both know tons of people that their Instagram life and their Facebook life before that was the most perfect. Here's my husband. He's the best. He's so handsome. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, these people hate each other. because yeah, no, no, Nobody's life is like that. You don't, if you're constantly putting out how perfect everything is and sending out these like Christmas newsletters of everything being great, like, no, everything's not great. I mean, so she was doing a lot of that for TV because she wanted to she wanted to stay with him. She wanted him to fund her career. She wanted to be on The Housewives. She would have been on The Housewives if she wasn't married to him because it's an interesting story. And yeah, I do think it. I, I do think she probably initially married him, and they you know probably flew around, have great sex, and I mean you know decent sex, whatever. And she was like, <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> it was fair to Midland and she, and, you know, and she's just like, all right, well, and then at some point it turned where he was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I'll keep you around. She was like, fine. You know, I think that at some point it didn't turn into a, a business transaction or a marriage of convenience. Like you come with me to these parties. I can say you're my wife. I don't give a shit what you do. You don't give a shit what I do appear on my show once a year. And she's like, all right, let's do that. But, but, you know, I don't, 
we are led to believe when she first starts telling the story a couple episodes ago that she just decided he was a mean old man and she didn't want to be treated that way anymore. Now that's not true. I, I think that hundred percent, she had either gotten a heads up or read a document or a lawyer looking at her stuff said like, there's some bad stuff coming down and you might want to extricate yourself from it. And that, and then she started that process. Absolutely. She did. I don't, I'm not on the team of thinking that now she's trying to say like his sight was going, his hearing was going, he was cranky. I don't think she's trying to sell us. Oh, he has dementia and Alzheimer's like the court is. Um, I, I, I don't think the two of them, a lot of people like the two of them planned it. Da, da, da. I was like, no, I think she saw what was coming down the road and got out of there. Mm-hmm. But didn't do what I think. I mean, how, how could I say what I would have done? I'm not in the situation. It's really hard. But I would have thought that if it was me, I would be like, wow, this is terrible. And I would take it some time to process the fact that the person that I was married to defrauded very vulnerable people. And I would think, wow, some of that money went to me. How mm-hmm. can I make it right? Let me contact a lawyer and get advice about how I can make it right, how I can prove that I wasn't involved and that I can remedy. What what things can I give away to get funding to the people that need the money? You know, Mm -hmm. what can I do? And then they won't come after me. They'll just come after him and he can pay the price for what he did. But she's not doing any of that. And you know, Jay Edelstein, the one of the attorneys that's going after her, keeps saying she could put herself in a lot better situation for her if she were to work with us. Mm-hmm. But she's not doing that. And I don't know if that's legal advice or I don't know if that means that she's a little bit more guilty or, you know, of, of I don't know. I don't really know, but it's... it. Uh, <laughs> I think I know. I think I think time I think time will tell. I think as we're going along with the season and we're learning more, and then we're learning more in real time as well. It's like, you know, coming at us from both sides, the show and real time. I, I think time will tell. I think she has 100 percent well, I'll say 98 percent because I don't actually know this is my thought, that she has been told by her legal counsel, do not say one thing about widows, orphans, and people that Tom owed money to. Don't even acknowledge it. Because if you acknowledge it, then you acknowledge there was some wrongdoing and you're named in all these lawsuits. So don't do any of that. And it doesn't seem like the Lion Air one came out until after she left. She could have known it was coming down the pike because all these other things were, you know, starting to fall. Um I I just am of the camp of, yep, she signed a bunch of shit. She got her money. She kept it moving. She didn't care. He filmed with her once or twice a year and was rude to her. And and, and no, I don't I don't believe until three years ago they were deeply, madly in love. And then he fell and hit his head and started being rude. I I think I think he's always been rude. And I think I think it was she literally made a deal with the devil and was fine with it until she was like, oh, wait, I'm going to get it named in lawsuits. I'm out of here. You know, right. I think. Yeah. And they kept asking the other women, like, why are you in this? Like, why are you named? And what she didn't tell them is I took money from his law firm for my business, Erica Jane. She didn't say that. She let 
Dorit and Kathy speak for her and say, oh, it's because they're married. Because Dorit, who's finally talking about her lawsuit, is saying, hey, these creditors went after my husband. I didn't even know my husband when he made these terrible business deals or when he stole money from people or owed people money. But once we got married and the creditors caught up with us, they froze my bank account and I had to pay. And that's what it means to be married. You know, and Kathy is, you know, co-signing this and all of that. But Erica doesn't once tell anyone, you know, oh, it's because he helped fund my business. And I, some of that money went to me. I mean, he couldn't, I guess she couldn't say it on TV. Yeah. And and I, I just, too, I'm a complete devil's advocate. And I'm of the belief that, yeah, he was like, hey, I'm going to put a a 20 million cash infusion into your thing. And I don't want to hear from you for like two, three more years about this. That'll pay for your glam. That'll pay for your show stuff. That'll pay for your clothes. Like, that's it. Don't ask me for any more money. Like all that money in that account is for you. And she was like, okay. And did she like go and then pull up her app and look where the money came from? Uh, No, she did not. Well, But she runs that business. And here's what I will say. If I had my own business and my husband was giving me money, I would want that money to come from a joint account. The money that he was getting in for salary or I guess he wouldn't take a salary. The money that he gets on commission for the work that he does. It came from a business account for the firm into her business account. And that I find shady. And it I, is. It is. It's shady, but it's I don't think super like shady. Whichever one of them said he didn't marry her for her accounting skills, she was just like, okay. I mean, in her mind, he is the firm, right? right. So, uh, listen, I, it, I don't think it's right. I think it's awful. I think many, many things that she's done since all this came out are questionable at best. I don't know who is giving her social media advice, but it is not her lawyers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think her lawyers are saying very specifically, you can go on and talk about this and you can talk about that. Um, but I don't I just am of the of the belief that, yes, she does. She have a stack of Birkin bags and a stack of Manolo Blahniks and Fendi and Gucci and Louis Vuitton, and everything. Yeah. Does one person need all that stuff? Uh, no. I mean, I, here, my whole thing is I'm like, sell 20 purses, keep five. You could live with five. I mean, you know, I just don't. And yeah, they're all gifts and all that jewelry and all that stuff. But I don't I don't see what the reason is that she can't sell off so much of that stuff to get. I mean, you know, let's say all those purses and the jewels and all that stuff that it's a one time wear. Let's just say she sells it all to the real real. She's she'll not get allowed to. They stopped her. She started selling stuff on Poshmark and the court stopped it because they're trying to do a financial audit to figure out what money paid for what stuff and was oh. that client money. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find, they're following the money trail of the client money. And it leads to Erica. Client money was going to Erica. And so if client money was used to purchase a Birkin bag, she can't sell that bag and keep the cash that she gets because I don't mean for her to keep cash. it. No, no, I didn't no, no, mean for her I, to I know keep what you're it. saying. I meant for her to sell it and then give it to the legal fund. Right. Of what, of what, like literally like there's so many legal funds probably going on that. But just, that's what she could have done in the beginning. She could have been like, wow, I have been bankrolled by my husband who stole money from people. Therefore right. I have money that has been stolen and I've spent money that's been stolen. Let me try and remedy that. 
Let me right. talk to a lawyer, use lawyer, whatever, pay, whatever client confidentiality, tell them my sins <laughs> of what I did, yeah. and then have them tell me how to make it right. And maybe they'll say, okay, work with these, these uh, Jay Edelstein and those people, but she's not doing that. She's not doing any of it. I just feel that, yes, the whole thing is bad, but I think it is. There's got to be somewhere in there where she is doing something right. And I just hope it's going to come out. You know, we'll talk in three months and you'll go admit you're wrong. And I'll say I I, I am. (laughs) I'm just hoping that somewhere in there with stuff she can't say, we're going to find out that uh, now that she actually knows what what, he wasn't just stealing money just to steal it. He was stealing it from clients that he didn't pay. In her mind, she's probably like, well, he's paying those people. He just probably didn't uh, pay the night door manager. I mean, who knows? But I, I have to say, uh, you know, we said like a few months ago, we had a, a, a refinance on our mortgage, right? So the person comes over there. They have you, they, you know, hand you the stack of papers, sign right. at the bottom, sign at the, and you just flip them over and you sign. And they tell you before what you're signing. Like, this is the one to say that you're blah, 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 APR, blah, arm, blah, finance, or whatever. And that just means that it can't change for this amount of years, but then it can change after 30, whatever. And you go, okay. Then they tell you the next one. This is to say, if you have asbestos on your property, okay, whatever. So things like that, Yes, you do. If you sit with your husband with the stack of documents, you do. But I think if he comes in and was like, hey, sign this. This is this loan I'm going to give you. You just go ahead and sign it and say you're accepting it. And then don't bug me for money. OK, like we're done. And she's probably like, OK, you know. I know. But I also think once she found out that all of this was done with a lot of it was done with stolen money, yes. she didn't care. She's like, well, I didn't steal the money. It's not my yep. problem. And yes. that is. I think makes yes. her a very questionable human being with <laughs> lacking empathy for others. The fact that she's unable to put herself, she's like, they're just going after me for the hell of it because we're married. No, they're going after you because you benefited from the stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going after her because she's the receiver of a lot of the stolen money. She, I don't think she knew that she was receiving stolen money, but now she does. And I do agree. And I literally go back and forth. I I do agree. She should have immediately done something to put money towards these funds. She's probably been told at this point, you could do nothing, say nothing, do nothing, sit still and wait. And the judge will tell you exactly. You need to sell X amount of stuff to come up with 24 million, 11 million, whatever the number is. And, you know, that would definitely make her look a lot better. But as the season goes on, she's just getting more and more pissed. And more and more like you're for me or you're against me. So I think that's what's going to be. Do you think that Sutton is going to be our Megan King Edmonds <laughs> and <laughs> crack the case? <laughs> um, no, I think it's going to be like Garcelle. I think Garcelle might be the Megan King Edmonds. Okay. She seems to be a little more interested. Sutton also comes from this um, enormous wealth. So she can understand Erica prob- Erica's... It, you know, Crystal even this week was like $2 million is a lot of money. But for somebody like that, that's nothing. He should be able to write a check for that. You know, like that's just like so beyond like what the regular people of the world can understand that $2 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but you should just be able to write a check for it. Um, that's something. So, so these ladies do understand that level of wealth, I I think. At least Sutton and Crystal do. And Kathy yeah. Hilton, for sure. The only reason for I sure. said Crystal is because she's the one that seems to start asking questions. And then in the previews, kind of, you know, calls Erica a liar. 
And so that's where I was like, is she starting to crack? Is she starting to be like, hey, this doesn't make sense? No, you said Sutton, though. You said, is Sutton going to be the Megan King? Evans? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said, now you just said Crystal. Oh, sorry. So, so, so which <laughs> no, one? I mean Sutton. I mean Sutton. Yeah. She's the one that seems, I think Crystal has been very, they've all been really good to Erica. And at this point, they don't know a whole lot. And so they're going off what they know. Now, I need to ask you, what do you think about this whole Alzheimer's dementia story that appears to have started many, many years ago, including when Tom drove his car off of a cliff, was unconscious Mm -hmm. for 12 hours, and Mm -hmm. then either Erica found him or he called her? Okay. I follow the story perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? Wait, this did you is... find him? No, he called me. Well, what do you mean? Then you don't find someone. You Okay. I here here's what I think. I followed it perfectly, and this probably just speaks to my uh storytelling skills, <laughs> is that I followed it perfectly. I was like, okay, here's what happened. Okay. Behind their house, there's a windy road, and you have to go behind it to get to the driveway. It's probably a road that's like only got like four, you know, fancy houses on. So you drive that switch back. I got that part. It's windy. And he had to switch back, I think, to go like left to get into the driveway or whatever, like a swing around. He missed it. And his car, I don't think it went off a cliff. I imagine it went off an embankment. I think cliff was, I think we'd have heard about it if he like went off the side of the, you know, PCH highway. I I think he, I think it went off an embankment next to the home, probably nose down in a ditch. And then I think he either fell out of the car or crawled out of the car and then laid there for a while. And then he called her and she was like, I've just figured he was home late because of whatever, but he had been unconscious in the ditch for 12 hours behind the house. And then he called her and then she was like, where have you been? And then she put on her house bunny slippers and ran back there and found him in the ditch behind the house. The end. Okay. Now <laughs> that's the- what I think. <laughs> I'm an optimist. I am an optimist. I am not an Erica Jane apologist. I just am trying to take what she says and be innocent and to proven guilty. And I think that this story, when she started to tell it and she had already commented about how good the wine was, she had had some wine and was trying to tell the story. And she said, I found him and they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, after he called me. So she didn't like find him in the bathroom. She had to like go out back in the right. house and like dig through the brush. The cliff was an exaggeration. He, he went over a little embankment. I I think there are elements of truth to everything that she has said. Okay. This entire season. Elements. But she's very good at saying one thing that may be true, but leaving out the big, like the actual story. So she'll tell you like just how she said, oh, you know, Tom got in an accident and broke his ankle. That was true. But that's not the takeaway I would tell you. If I was talking to you as a friend, yes, Mary Payne, I would be like, correct. oh, my God, my husband <laughs> drove his car off an embankment and was like, I couldn't get in touch with him for 12 hours. And then he was there and he didn't want to get a brain scan and he broke his ankle and he's only getting, tr-. you know, I would tell the whole thing because what do I have to hide? But she has been hiding. She tells the bare minimum always. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And she said that she said, yeah, I did say he had an accident and he did break his ankle. These things are true. I did not mention that he dislocated his shoulder, had to have a brain scan, was unconscious for 12 hours. I mean, so we have to assume when she went and found him that maybe an ambulance came and maybe or or she loaded him into her Lambo and took him to the nearest hospital. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's a great point. It's it's lying by omission. It's like, yeah, you know, if, if my husband says, yeah, on the way home, I stopped at Safeway. And then later on, he says, oh, well, I was at CBS. I picked up something. I go, why'd you go? Well, you didn't say you went to CBS. He goes, well, I went to Safeway and CBS. I'm like, why didn't you say that? And then you, and then, you know what I mean? Right. That's just like, exactly. that, that's lying say by omission. You're like, thing. Yeah. Why didn't you say that part? And if you're so used to not telling the main part of a story, Mm -hmm. like she's very skilled in that. And that's why I don't trust her because this entire time we've seen her on the show, she's picked and like chosen what to tell us and what to omit. And that makes her, I think, an untrustworthy character. In general. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt this because she, I don't trust people who say that they're tough or ice queens. I don't believe people are like that. Deep down, everyone has needs that w- they want to be loved. They want to be cared for. They want to be nurtured. And they have feelings. And she has them. But she, I think, is so weak that she won't tap into them. And she won't let other. she thinks it's weak to show them. And I actually think that doesn't make you a strong person. It makes you a weak person. That you're so afraid to be vulnerable and share anything personal about yourself. And and I judge people like that. It's like, oh, you're acting like you're too cool. Like you're all tough. Oh, I'm a tough, strong girl. Well, you want to know what it means to be strong? Like, I'll tell you. <laughs> I freaking lost my apartment my apartment had a fire, and 13 days later, my mom died while she was waiting for me to give her her liver, like give her my liver. Like, that was awful. I was in bed for months. I cried all the time. I was a mess. I'm still a mess over it, okay? Like, but that's what it means to be strong, to like say it and to yeah. acknowledge it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad and and weak and need help from others. Yeah, yeah, I feel like her her life story, and no, I didn't read her book, so I don't know. But I believe, you know, her life story is she was an only child of sort of this overbearing mother who no, nothing was ever good enough. Like if you did something, well, why didn't you do it this way? And then she escaped and got to New York. And I, I think she went to New York because she did have aspirations of acting, modeling, dancing, singing. I don't know. Met some guy, had a kid, worked at the strip club, and then why she went to California is still a big question mark to me. Like, why did she leave and go to California? She didn't go there like for a man or to marry Tom or any of that. She just moved to California. Was it because she wanted to be an actress or in the two truths and a lie, had she worn a wire and testified at a federal trial (laughs) against some mob bosses and had to, you know what I mean? Like, is that true? You know? Yeah. So I, I agree. I think it makes her, I agree. It makes her untrustworthy as a character, but I think it also makes her, she has no family member that she's been close to. No, no parent, no sibling, uh, no half sibling, no step parent that she was ever close to. And then we assume she was close enough to both of these men to marry them. We assume she's sort of close to her son, but we've never seen her have any like friend that is not either paid for by the show or by herself. She may have them. Where are they? 
that I thought Yolanda was her friend. I had no idea that the only reason she knew Yolanda is because Tom knew David Foster and was like, can you get my wife on the show? Right. So get her her out of here. here, I like Kelsey Grammer. I just I just don't trust her. I do believe and this I'm probably in the minority here that there's some type of impairment that Tom Girardi is dealing with. And it could be Alzheimer's. But if you know people that have early or early stages of Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. they can be very with it. They can be extremely sharp and cunning. And then they have slip ups. And you don't always see the slip ups unless you're with them. You know, it's different, not in public. It usually happens at home or when they're driving. It doesn't happen I don't know. We have a family friend who's in really early stages of Alzheimer's and she got tested because her brother got diagnosed and Ooh. and her they had a parent that had it too. So she went and she got a brain scan and you can tell it from the scan. And she had had some symptoms but not nothing major, right? Yeah. And so they're like this is where you're heading, you know? And if you talk to her and you go to dinner, she doesn't seem off. But right. If you ask her husband, he will pick up little things that she has done that are indicative. And yes. for a lot of people, they can be quite mean. Yes. They are very angry that this is happening. They are frustrated that they can't recall certain things and that things that they used to be able to do, they're no longer able to easily do. I liked Crystal's uh, example of her dad because we we had this with my mother-in-law had dementia and there is a lot of like anger there. Um, But her anger wasn't uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, her anger wasn't like towards like, Oh, I can't believe I don't remember that. It was just sort of like angry outbursts, which are completely out of character. She's never been angry in a day in her life. It's the nicest person ever. But we get angry. Like we have to go, we have to go right now. Like we have to go in the car right now. And we're like, well, we're not going anywhere. We're about to have dinner. No, we're like we're going right now and get like furious. At the, right. And you're like, well, well, you know, a lot of nonsensical stuff that you can't make sense of. And I think Crystal's um, having a full understanding of it, you know, so she's not, there's no, nothing's going to slip by there where Crystal's going to be like, no, I lived with a parent with that. So actually, you know, Crystal was like, okay, some of that's right. Some of it. Mm. And also you don't get Alzheimer's from a car accident. So there's that also. Yeah. But I I do believe that him, you know, being even harder to like, you know, get your eyes checked, get your hearing checked, like being resistant because he didn't want people to find this out or he was just angry or whatever. But people's personalities can change. I mean, it's it's your brain. So I I believe something's up. I don't believe he is so impaired that he didn't know what he was doing with his business that he Mm -mm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, they're trying to use it to their advantage in the in the legal system to say that he can't take care of himself. And he has to be under conservatorship and all he didn't know what he was doing. That's like, you can tell they're mounting that type of defense. But I think multiple things can be true at the same time. Right. But I think a lot of these cases go way back. Right. I mean, they go back like 10 years or so. So if, if we're going to go on this, like he had this car accident and then after that, he was able to swindle right. millions of that. No, th- a lot of them go way back when probably there were articles written about how he was the top lawyer in all of California at the same time he was taking the money. It's interesting on that um, Housewife and Hustler documentary that it was very interesting that the, the lawyers and the people in the legal field in California were like, we've 
we've known something is shady. Like we didn't know, but you could tell like how do all these like judges and I hope all these judges that have kind of been in his pocket are also getting investigated. That's just a sidebar. Well, the California state bar has finally had to make a statement that they messed up, but they're not taking any steps to remedy what they've done or to look at how they may need to change their practices. That's great. And that's the real, I think that's the real story here. I don't think it's just that this guy defrauded all these people because there are horrible people that do terrible things. It's that the system didn't catch it. Like, that's how I feel about the Larry Nasser stuff with the sexual mm. abuse, the mm-hmm. gymnastics. Like, yeah. there are predators, but the system should have caught it. People yeah. should have mandated reported. The FBI should have investigated. Like, they should have shut it down. They should have stopped him, you know. And that the, the fact that that didn't happen, like, that's the story. And so... Yeah. I'm waiting to see a lot more. There was one really good LA Times article going into all the shady stuff that Tom Girardi did and how he got away with it by giving money to all these politicians Mm. and getting different judges appointed. And everyone was just like in his back pocket and how that's the problem, that one person can have that much power. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I really, I, I, pl- people, please don't come after me. I am not like, <laughs> I do not think Erica, you know, is some um, saint. I just think that like for, for face value for what it is, I do not think she's a criminal mastermind right. that let, that married him 20 years ago and has been grifting the whole time. I think they're both a little bit grifty and, you know, and maybe his other wives were as well. I don't know, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I will tell you that I thought, this episode with her coming, you know, right from the having watched or heard the court hearing or whatever. She was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I had to like, first of all, she closed the pretty mess and left the sign for the next owner. And then she went out to uh, La Quinta and I mean, what a day I was like, and also you're wearing three coats. Like, why are you wearing a turtleneck, a flannel, a coat, and a coat. I was so hot just looking at her. Um, <laughs> I couldn't get over that she brought her dog. And then I'm like, who's watching her dog? And clearly not her because she was pissed when it took a shit. And like, I'm sorry, if you have a dog and you go outside with that dog, there is a certain percentage chance that that dog is going to take a shit and that you will have to pick it up. That is kind of what it <laughs> means to own a dog. So when she went in there and she's like, now I have to pick up this shit. And it's like, was it not supposed to poop? Like, what What the hell were you... Ex- the only time I get pissed when my dog does that is when she just pooped like 10 minutes earlier yes. and I have no bag. You have no bag. And then you're and standing you're like, on the street. Oh. You're like, I'm not the person. I promise. And you always want to be like, Normally, I pick up my poop. Normally, I pick up my poop. I'm going to go upstairs and get a bag. I'll be right back. Like, yes. don't judge me. You I don't want to be that back. person. Yes. But Nobody you're not does. mad at the dog for pooping. You're just like a little annoyed that you don't have a bag. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that uh, the dog is staying in the hotel room with the glam scott. I mean, I think she and Mikey are snuggled up and it's fine. Yeah, I think uh, Triago was was good to go there at the La Quinta. I, I just <laughs> I, I thought all of her spilling all that stuff at dinner about the car accident was fascinating. And then she like admits that he'd had these um, mistresses fascinating. Then we got Sutton's story, which I know made you have a lot more empathy for Sutton. When she said that her father shot himself two days before Christmas, I mean, and that her mom, it was her mom's first day of retirement, and her mom mm-hmm. was angry. 
And her mom's still angry. And mm-hmm. still angry. That is such a real thing. And for me, watching that scene with her mom, Reba, which is just perfect name. Who we've never seen before. We've never seen before, so by the way. So last season, I think they have all this footage of Sutton because they did film her with her family. And mm. then towards the end of the season, her ex-husband was like, you can't, you can't film with the kids. And then they had to demote her to friend of because okay. they weren't able to show their home life. So they have this footage, but it was just seeing her interact with her mom and trying to get the type of reaction she wanted from her mom and not getting it explained to me why she's constantly trying to get a different type of reaction from Crystal. Mm -hmm. And Crystal is not doing anything wrong, but I think it's reminding her of her mom. Mm -hmm. You get that, like that same, like Ramona Leah vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely, definitely true. I think that scene with her mom, her mom made total sense. Her mom's like, I will, I'm not going to have the same feelings that you are. It was your father. Yeah, you should have his signature as your name on your store. And you should, okay, that was your father, but it was my husband. So I don't have to feel the same way. And I like her mom, you know, her mom's got a great point. But at the same time, she's just like, can't you understand how important these things are to me? And her mom's like, well, he was a shit husband. I'm I'm glad he was a great dad. Moving on. I mean, you know, this is how we do it in the South. It's just like we are not talking about our dirty laundry, especially not on television. Sutton, come on. Yeah. yeah. I, I could, yeah, I, just felt, I, I, I understood it. I, felt I understood it. She was so childlike in that moment when she was talking to her mom. Like she reverted back to being a kid and just trying to get her mom to like, make it all okay by saying, I know you miss daddy. I miss him too. And that, I mean, as someone who's lost a parent, when I do talk about my mom to my dad, he does say like, and I miss her too. And it does sort of make me feel better. Like, okay, well, at least I'm not the only one who feels a loss. Right. But um, yeah, it's just a very different circumstances. And suicide is just incredibly traumatic to all of the survivors. I liked how Eric, uh, Erica goes, well, then my situation's not quite as bad. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had been talking about her sad little Christmas tree. And then Sutton goes, oh, let me tell you what happened to me on Christmas. <laughs> She's oh, my like, God. And it was her baby's first Christmas. That's another thing. You know, she was like, he ruined my mom's first day of retirement. He ruined my baby's first Christmas. He ruined Christmas for all of us. You know, I think it was it was very it was a very interesting tale about Sutton. And I think we also got that little piece about Crystal talking more about her dad. Overall, we just got so much, so much. I want to know so much more about Crystal. Everything I find out I'm interested in, and I I hope she's on the show for a long time because she is an onion and we are pe- peeling away the layers, and I love it. I love her vibe. I uh, she's a she's a very good addition. I know a lot of people like she's annoying, like she stirs the shit. I'm like, well, guess what? That's what she's getting paid to do, and she's doing it very well. She's coming right in as a as a first time housewife and not standing back and being meek. She's getting right in there. I like it. Um, today I posted a picture on her Instagram at Pink Shade Pod on Instagram. She um she has this like in her confessional. She has like this pink dress on and her hair is all down. 
she just looks like it's incredible. It's like a pink sparkly dress. So I like posted it on our Instagrams. Like, now this is a, this is a look. She reposted it. I was like, oh my God, now we're best friends. I know. <laughs> she had drinks with Moni the day after I hung out with Moni. And I was like, oh, okay. Moni of, of mixing with Moni. Yeah. And oh, I was like, yeah. okay. Why I'm friends Crystal with Crystal in, by was, association. Was Crystal in town? Yeah. She was in town and reached out to Moni. They were like DMing. <laughs> I know. Oh, by the way, I have a bone to pick with you yeah. because it wasn't Moni. It was another podcaster um, posted that they were at the Real Hospice of Potomac, like high tea um, premiere party. And this oh, person yes. like wrote, sent it to me and said, like, I'm so sorry. I wish you would have been there as a DC podcaster. Wish she would have seen you. And I go. I don't know anything about this. I was like, first of all, I'm out of town. But second of all, I didn't know anything about this. She was like, oh, whoops. I thought Mandy Slitsker would have invited you. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't what? there. I was out of town. <laughs> she was like, Mandy invited me. I go, well, she did not invite me. Oh, no. I said that it was happening because mm-hmm. I got a DM about it from another DC person. Mm-hmm. And then I said it on my podcast and some people who lived in DC reached out. And so I would send yeah. them the thing. I should have, yeah. you know what? I should have told you, even though you were out of town, I should have given you a heads up. I was out of town too. I'm just like Sutton. I just want to be invited. I I just want to be invited. I don't want want to think there's um, things. You know what? Okay. Watch what happens live. Sutton said last night that she was told for at the thing at Lisa Rinna's um, where she got upset because it was Garcelle's birthday. And, you know, her thing is her love language is giving gifts. And I get it. My love language also is giving gifts. I love to give little things to people that I know they're going to like. And for her, that was a real slap. She said she had asked and was told, do not bring a gift. By who to, Who told her that, though? I, uh, that part I can't remember. But she goes, no, I, I wrote in the message and said, like, is this, a, is this a birthday thing? Do we bring gifts? So, no, absolutely don't bring any gifts. So then they had all gotten together as two little groups and had side and got her like, Garcelle, this is from, uh, you know, Crystal and Kyle and whatever. And then she didn't bring a gift. And that and that's why she and they were like, oh, you were mad about that. And I bring in a gift. She goes, I was mad because I wanted to go home. <laughs> yeah, she she's something else. Um thoroughly enjoy her and i think and i think what we're really gonna enjoy is when she and crystal can be friends i think we're going yes. to enjoy that. yes i am too she's gonna i mean i'm glad that sutton apologized for her incredibly fragile behavior cutting off and not letting crystal talk mm-hmm. about her experience being an asian american woman that was ridiculous it was and i could see why crystal is not the best you know she's like i don't know about this woman but i see sutton i see them becoming friendly at least this episode and we know in real life now they're friends yeah so i'm excited to see that journey it's my favorite housewife's trope is people who hated each other becoming friends and not not is it not alliances not like you know on potomac where people become like an alliance like actual friends unusual like Dorit and Rinna becoming friends. Um, mm, after she trying said, to think of people doing coke in your bathroom. Right? <laughs> yes, it was right. like, yeah. you know, or Ashley and Karen aren't quite friends yet. But if they were to become friends, you know, just there's just I like seeing that. Yeah. Now, before we move on, I yep. have to. <laughs> I don't know if I've laughed this hard in a long time. And I don't know what this says about me. I was transported watching this back to December, back to when you still weren't sure what was coming next with COVID. 
And you kind of were at home all the time and kind of losing your mind. Mm -hmm. And when Kathy took that old bread and it was like rock hard and was like (laughs) playing with that bread and Kyle couldn't stop laughing, like I felt that. I was watching that and I was like, is she really going to serve that? I mean, first of all, no one is going to eat anyway. Even if you make a vegetarian lasagna, it still has carbs. It still has cheese. No one's eating it, except for maybe Erica, who was wearing 12 layers. She could get away with anything. But yeah, I, I, I love that. And she, she was like, stop, Kathy. I was like, you know, you go ahead and make that into some croutons, because that's what you do with the old bread. Not that anybody's going to eat that either. But I was like, how long has that bread been sitting there? It's like a rock. Well, it was. she yeah. said that, her, that Mauricio and the girls were out there the week before when Kyle had COVID. Yes. They all left her. And they went to the desert. And so they yeah. stayed there. And then they clearly didn't throw the bread out. And so it was left over from then. And I found that out on my second watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I'd like, be waiting for somebody from? who's going to bite into it and be like, take <laughs> take a tooth off like Sonya Morgan, like pop a tooth out. <laughs> yeah, geez. Well, I thought it was a great episode. And I am so happy that we have got this like just just great energy back to Beverly Hills and no, there's no stupid you returned a dog you know what I mean like I, I listen I wasn't always like a giant fan of LBP so I'm not like real sad that she's gone or anything I think we'll still get to see her on Vanderpump Rules or whatever but uh I don't know I think I think things are clicking along I think things are clicking along and I think that we like Kyle more because of Kathy let me tell you what as as uh one of three sisters and I'm the baby sister when she went up there and was like, okay, I've got Kathy's room ready. I got her fan. I'm getting everything nice and dark. But it seemed like she's really catering to Kathy. And I get it. I get it. I do for my like oldest sister too. Like I'm always like, oh, well, she likes this. So I'm going to try to get it. It's it's like a, like a mother figure to her. Mm-hmm. And she's so happy they're getting along. I just, I like the whole thing. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with the Erica. I know in three months time, she's going to be in jail and everybody's going to be like, can you even believe you were taking her at her word? I'm going to be like, guys, going to jail. Just, just, Trying to say innocent until proven guilty, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just out here as a, as a person with an opposite opinion, just trying to keep the conversation going. I don't know. Um, what do you want to chat about next? New York or Potomac? Let's do, let's do New York. Let's oh New man, York. we are still in Salem mm-hmm. and it is fucking haunted. <laughs> hey, did you see? Did you see when they were at the restaurant, when Bershon got mad and said they were old ladies and, and all that, and Luann had on her uh, Nell Sha <laughs> earrings, <laughs> did you notice that Luann had a new tattoo on her wrist? What? What was yes. it of? Uh, when she was waving her arm around, um, trying to get the waitress or whatever, she had a little, like you know me, I have a little tattoo on her wrist, a little tattoo on her wrist. It was it was black. That's all I could see. And it was covered in, you know, like saran wrap, like they do when you get a tattoo. Oh. So when she was doing this, I thought, well, maybe she's got a bracelet. But then I kept pausing it and then slowing it. I mean, you know, f- pure journalism here. And I, it had a piece of saran wrap around it. I was like, so she got a tattoo and they didn't even like show it, you know, because when Ramona was in there, remember with um, Ebony going like, listen, just, you shouldn't do this. And this is just like, oh, this is not you. And if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't be pressured. <laughs> And then Ebony and Luann and Unison go, shut up, Ramona, at the same time. Yeah. I think Luann was over in the other chair with the other twin getting a tattoo, and they never even showed it. Oh, my gosh. Interesting. I I need somebody to get to the bottom of it. Wow. (laughs) That is such an impressive thing to do, I think, to go to a dinner party, not in 
pretending I'm getting a tattoo and just getting a tattoo. Like, I can't do anything without planning. And I'm not someone who can do something on a whim, especially something so permanent like that. Yeah, for Leah, it's not a big deal. You just add it. She's got she's got that Sheena Shea thing going where she's got oh, the all tattoo on all the fingers, which I really is not a look that I enjoy at all. Yeah. Um, I, my whole thing is like if you get tattoos where if you want to be able to cover them, you you can. Like you should have a choice. Um, I understand a lot of people don't feel that way, but this is how I feel. And I felt and I liked how Ebony got hers in white ink, so literally you can only see it if she gets like some sun on the inside of her right wrist. You know, she was like, because I think who was on, um, was it Michael Rappaport that was on with her? It it, was it. No, I I think Michael was on. Michael is notoriously um, not great with black women. He is like, well, he's not great with Kenya. Yeah, (laughs) no, but a lot of black women really despise him. And I I don't know all the reasoning behind it because I haven't followed. I don't really follow him. But um, a lot of the black I, women I follow on social media, whenever he's on, they're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. oh I okay. thought he was on with Ebony, but it, it was it was a man. And whoever, you know who it was? It was he was Eisen- on Giselle. Uh, okay. Right? It was Isaac Mizrahi that was on with Ebony. Yeah. Oh, I love Isaac Mizrahi. I, I love, love. Love. And um, she was showing it to him. And he's like, tasteful, tasteful. Can't see it. Can't see it. Got to get a little sunburn over there. I mean, yes. So I think that um, I wouldn't go that far with the tattoo to make it so like literally you can't see it because then really what's the point? But I do think Luann got one at that dinner party and they didn't show us. And that would have been interesting because we've had a lot of real boring scenes of of, uh, New York. I know. And then they cut out the one where Sonia and Bershon are fighting. And it was a And they had it. They had it all. They had the footage. Do you think that they are trying to cover for Sonia? Because it's clear that she was the, like, antagonizer in that situation. Why would they be covering for her? I mean, think about the things that she's done. I know. I don't know. She, she, uh, at last year or two, no, last year at Ramona's birthday party, she was stomping on a mirror Mirror. and breaking it. So it's not like they're, and then Ramona, remember, uh, pulled down those lights at Jorinda's house. Like, I mean, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not strangers to destruction on property. I I know, but getting in someone's face and threatening to, I don't know if she like what she threatened, but she was like in Bershon's face. Yeah. But, well, to be, to be fair, Bershon was also in her face. Yeah, but she, but yeah. Sonia started it. <laughs> Sonia wouldn't. Sonia just it, uh, was not let it go. You know, would not let it go. And then when she came down to get the melatonin or whatever, and then Bershon just said, made a joke like, "Girl, you're drunk." Like made a joke. Well, Bershon should have known at that point. Like Sonia was not in, not, not getting any of the jokes. And yeah, and that's when they were all like, oh, "How dare she?" Said she was drunk. I was like, "Well." She was drunk and she was just joking like, girl, you're drunk. Yeah. I mean, because they were all like, oh, you don't say that to Sonia Rita. I was like, and why it not? Interesting <laughs> to see Bershon because she's like, why are you guys? She said, you, you baby her. Mm-hmm. And, and they do. And they do. And just no one's come out and said it. And and also said, hey, she doesn't make a whole lot of sense. She's like retelling stories and She's off. Something's something's deeply wrong. And it wasn't just Bershon that pointed out, but it was the woman leading the seance who was like, you need a therapist. No, no, no. Not a healer. (laughs) A therapist. I hope hope your therapist has a PhD. (laughs) Yeah. 
Because the funny, when they were walking to the elevator, Ramona goes, you need, um, what she says, she goes, you need a psychiatrist that can give you medications. I was like, oh, that's God. called a psychologist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. What a mess. I, it, it was, you know, it's, people are upset or unhappy about this season. I, I, I could, I'll watch the New York ladies, you know, ride the subway, go to uh, Century 21, TJ Maxx. I don't care. I'll watch them do anything. I, I enjoy them. Um, Leah was grading on me at the beginning and now I'm liking her again. So Leah, I find so annoying, but this episode, I did not find her annoying except for when the seance person was like, I don't even know what you call a person that leaves the seance. So apologies. I didn't get their, their name, but either a psychic or a medium, a medium, maybe Leah, uh, she tells Leah that Judaism will give her structure. (laughs) I just couldn't stop laughing. Took a note of that. Yeah, yeah. You're she converting was like, yeah, to something. Yes. She's like, yeah, that's why I'm doing it. I love when they were. She was trying to say something to uh, Luann. Luann's like, no, nope, move on. <laughs> I feel like I would be like channeling that. no one. Get moving. Move to somebody else. Yeah, I, I love that. want to believe in these people so badly. I do. It's just nothing I've been exposed to. Like, in, okay, well, I don't know. I have I have someone for you. It's Jonathan Mark, and he did a reading for me, and it. Uh, completely like no no lie like changed my life in the way that he did a reading for me and knew some stuff about um, a college boyfriend friend who killed himself and there's no way for anybody to know that no way I mean like he's friends with Kate Casey and he knows Aaron and neither one of them knew it like I mean no way for him to know any of it and he literally walks me through the whole thing of my uh, of, of this person and it seems like he died in a tragic way like I never said anything and he was just telling me everything he knew the initials of the person like it was wow and because i've thought about him like every day my whole life you know just because like he died tragically addiction issues and died of suicide and his family and terrible so like every day something will pop up and his name just you know not like i'm obsessing over it but just people that you think about yeah and um since that reading haven't thought haven't thought of it once i mean only when like i talk about this i'm like oh yeah it's like it was the weight was lifted off of me that i had been waiting for like 15 16 17 years however long it's been now and uh it was it was when i talked to kate casey about it um she but she knows him and she was like that's what i felt like i had a she had a college roommate that had like had cancer and died and didn't ever tell anybody or something terrible and kate's like yeah once that person came through and we sort of worked it out. Like I haven't, I was thinking about it all the time and I don't think about it anymore ever. It's like, it's like the universe lifted it off of me. So I'm not here to sell a Jonathan Mark, but I'm telling you that was the real life shit right there. Wow. And I would have never said, I like believed in it or like would try until, and I've, I've lost people, but, but nothing like my mom. And then part of me is wondering like, because my mom didn't believe in a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. like, would she not come through? Would mm-hmm. she be, like, someone who was a little cagey with the medium? <laughs> yeah, with uh, with the with the college uh, friend. I mean, he was my friend after college, right until right before I got, you know, married. I mean, we were, oh, God, he died. I was 34. I mean, we were mm-hmm. friends until I was 34. Um, he, uh, Jonathan was saying, like, there's this person. That even when I started sort of meditating on your name earlier today, this person is pushing, pushing through. And do you know? And then she start, he started describing it. And I was like, oh, what? He's like, this person is not going to let anybody else talk. He wants to tell you this. And I was like, 
I mean, it was just, I mean, you can imagine, I was like, are you kidding? Like, I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I've got, you know, all my grandparents have passed away. (laughs) I mean, I I, no, I, I don't know. You start believing in unusual things sometimes when someone very close passes. Yes. I asked my mom, uh, like a few months after she died, to send me a sign that mm-hmm. she was watching over me, mm-hmm. but not to scare me. Right. And then I forgot that I asked her. <laughs> of course. Yes, of course. And then the next day, I was walking to work, and I saw a man walking towards me with two Westies, which okay. is the kind of dog that we had growing up. Uh-huh. And my mom was very close with this dog, and she didn't like any animals. She was t- uh-huh. scared of dogs. And I saw it, and immediately I was like, oh, my God, that's for my mom. You know, mm. and I started crying. I like told this guy this whole story. Oh, he <laughs> like, probably thought it was great. Though. He was probably he happy that he could soothe you in some way. Yeah, he did. He was like, oh, honey, I think my mother sends me <laughs> signs all the time. And now you have a Westie named Saucy. And I ran into this guy last month at the vet. Oh. And we didn't recognize each other because we had masks on. And he was asking yeah. me about my dog and stuff. And he's like, oh, I used to have two. And now I only have one. Oh. And he was, oh. and then he said the name. And I was like, wait, are you? And then I asked him, do you live near this area? And were these your dogs? And I'm the one who, who saw you. And he was like, you told me you were going to get a Westie puppy after that. And I said, yes. this is the puppy. Oh, <laughs> that should be like your best friend now. That's a great story. It was really, he told me a very funny Westie joke. <laughs> Do you want to tell it or is it off color? So, I think the <laughs> listeners are going to think I'm crazy, but it made me chuckle because if you have a dog like my dog, you, this is funny. So he says, there's three dogs that die and they go to heaven and meet God. And it's okay. like a golden retriever, a, um, German Shepherd and a Westie. So the Golden okay. Retriever goes and God's like, you know, what have you done to deserve being here? <laughs> kind of. And the Golden Retriever's like, I was such a good dog. I fetched the newspaper every morning. I had a little boy that I would play with. I slept in his, like, underneath his crib. You know, I was just a good, loyal dog. And they were like, you know, God's like, okay, sit to my left. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the German Shepherd's like, what did you do? He's like, I was a canine. I was an officer. I tried to keep my community safe, you know. And uh, he's like, wow, you know, you're so brave. Here, sit to my right. And then Westy, what did you do to get here? And the Westy looks at him and goes, I think you're in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Stupid, but it's like good. that is for anyone that has ever met my dog. Like that, she's very sweet, but she's got some attitude, and there's a reason she was named Stasi. Oh my god, that's a great that's a great story. So I do think that a lot of it, like for anybody out there that watches Ninety Day Fiance, this past week we were fed this bullshit of psychic Tracy that's with Angela, who literally was wearing what looked to be an old timey like a, a costume you would buy that had like the headscarf with the little danglings hanging down. She all she was missing was like a crystal ball and like some smoke coming up behind her. So fake, so stupid. Now that I don't believe. Like she was just saying whatever Angela wanted her to say. Like, oh yeah, he's horrible for you. Well, you know, but in these situations. I don't necessarily know, you know, when I talked to Jonathan Mark, I mean, he's like in his hoodie in his living room and we were on Zoom and you know what I mean? There was no like dark lights and woo and candles. There's none of that. Or, or, you know, I think a real medium really does channel something. Um, So I would highly recommend it. But I mean, 
that person, could that a person have known beforehand about Sonia's dad? Could they have known about Ramona's brother? I don't know, but the Sonia's dad thing was like, it was shocking to me that Luann and Ramona didn't know about her dad. About Sonia's dad. Yeah. 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 That was what I found shocking. Wow. She doesn't talk about this very deeply personal, sad thing with people who she claims are her closest friends or who maybe they claim they're her friend. I don't know how it all works, but they've been in each other's lives for a long time. And yeah. That was, wow. And then when the medium told her, you know, you need to work through this. This is like the cause of all of your pain. Mm -hmm. I still felt like Sonia didn't receive it. No. And I mean, this is, you know, goes into, you know, why she wanted to marry this older man who was going to take care of her. And that's why she can't quite get over it. And that's why she drinks so much. And, you know, it's a lot of layers there. And we've known uh, Sonia on our TV for a long time. And you're like, Oh, this explains a lot. It you know? does. It does. And the Ramona thing, you're kind of like, oh, look at Ramona. She actually has a heart. Wow. Well, you know? she had a a beautiful scene many years ago with Bethany when they were in, in the Berkshires and they were talking mm-hmm. about having alcoholic fathers and mm-hmm. there being abuse in their home and what they did mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. And that was, you know, we know some of the stuff about Ramona. She, she, talks about it briefly but she doesn't Mm want to sit with it so you know that was a moment I (laughs) I can't imagine what it must have been like to go through that like emotionally that whole evening where Sonia shows up at the seance you know Leah and them lead an intervention with her to tell her that she has a drinking problem and then she gets confronted by her alcoholic father that had been absent from her life. Right. I, yeah. oh man, that's a I lot. We'll, yeah. And uh, I think we'll probably see that would probably, that's probably going to send her into a downward spiral. Um, I, d- I will say that on Andy Cohen's radio show, uh, he said the other day, somebody called in and said something about like, oh, all this stuff that you're hearing about Ramona's fired and they're redoing this and they couldn't do the reunion and all those rumors. And he was like, I know, I know. And, and they said, do you want to say anything about it? He goes, okay. He's like, here's what I'll say. All that stuff gets put out there. Uh, I'll say it's 10% true. And John Hill's like, oh. And he goes, yeah, 90% of it is false, but 10% of it is true. And John Hill goes, can you tell us which 10%? And he is like, uh, no, figure it out. So I don't think they're going to fire Ramona, but probably they did have to rework some stuff. I think I feel like last season they had to rework some stuff too. Yeah, it's just, and it's interesting. Did you read the Brian Moylan um, response to Ebony? It came out, I think, last Friday or two Fridays ago during his okay. like Housewives newsletter. Yeah, the, mm, remind me because something happened between the two of them, but I cannot remember. Yeah, the he life of wrote one of his recaps uh-huh. and had a lot of microaggressions toward basically telling. Ebony, how she should have dealt with the Harlem night Mm. and stuff. And Ebony had a response to him Mm -hmm. in which she pointed out stuff. And then Ira Madison, the third had a response to Ebony and all of that. But um, what was interesting is Brian took some time to digest what Ebony had told him and came up with a response, which was like, she was right. Like uh, the reason 
the season is boring to some of us. Like, it's not Ebony's fault. And then Horses he... Horses hide. Uh, right. But he kind of blamed it on her in mm. in his um, in his recap. But he was like, COVID. Like, COVID is a huge part of it. It's not just that there weren't enough of them. It's that there was no one else around them. And they were under so many filming restrictions that they weren't even in Beverly Hills with with New York and all of that. And to think about it, I don't know how the hell they pulled off a season, truthfully, mm-hmm. because what a mess, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that. I, yeah, I, I knew that Brian, who generally hits a nail on the head, um, I knew that there was some problem that Ebony had with something he wrote and that she responded, he wrote, but I didn't quite, but I didn't even know Ira. There's uh, a lot there that, yeah, I didn't know that Ira going, got involved. Yeah. Going back and reading and, yeah. and digesting what she's saying. I was nervous when she wrote back because I, I think she obviously deserves to be able to say what she thinks. Right. Of and course, call course. people out when they're wrong. But I yeah. also am like, Oh, I don't want her to worry so much about what people think because I want her to do well on this show. And if she's going to be responding to people who are critics of the mm-hmm. show and recappers, like, is she going to do it for all of them? Or is it just right. like, this was one that she just felt she had to. So I think it's probably the yeah. latter, but at first I was like, no, Ebony, don't fall into this trap. <laughs> Just be yourself and you will prevail. That's a great point because if, if you're on one of these shows, like you, you, I mean, you would be responding to podcasters and bloggers and people that write articles and people that, you know, go on YouTube all day long, you, uh, you know, because you can't, you just can't if you're on it. I am not on these shows because I wouldn't be able to stop myself. Ooh. You know, Erica, I wish would stop herself. There's that Ronald yep. Richards guy going after her. Just don't respond. You're yep. making it worse by responding for yep. yourself. Yep. And yep. I just, you know, and, and you just, part of you just has to kind of be Kathy Hilton and not care. Yes. And <laughs> and I just, but I get why Ebony did what she did. I And I support that. Yeah. But I, I think your point is valid. Like, like. Uh, don't 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 set this precedent of responding to all these people or literally you'll never do anything else yeah right and i do i want her to have a good experience on the show where she doesn't feel like caught in responding to viewers she just responded to an article in page six uh that oh, said about she, her law license about her law license and she yeah. wrote back and was like this happens all the time like i'm still in good standing with the bar i just yeah. am not practicing in north carolina like that and then she's like that's clickbait that's stupid and i was kind of like uh in my mind, I was like, don't even respond to page six. But yeah, she must have felt she had to. I mean, that is for her professional career. So I could see if, you know, there's these rumors about her not being a lawyer anymore or something that she would want to respond. But I just don't want her to feel trapped in that because one of the things I almost like about The Real Housewives of New York is that even though page six is the like sixth or seventh housewife, right. they don't. <laughs> always res- like they fight about it internally yeah. but they don't call publicly respond yeah. yeah um and i hope that they're not reading everything about themselves because it'll drive them crazy and it'll make you know the show worse if yeah. they're so focused on the critiques but i get why ebony did what she did yeah 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 i just feel that way in general like i don't want my housewives to change too much between seasons as a trying to appease the viewers because usually they get it wrong 
right? Yes. Like on Beverly Hills, they get it wrong all the time. They're like, oh, the viewers are totally going to hate LVP and they're going to see what a monster she is and they're going to be on our side or they're going to see that Denise is a liar and we're righteous and going after her. And like it never works. Never pans out. So stop trying to anticipate how the viewers are going to react and just be yourself and it will prevail. You'll, you know, if you're authentic, you stay on the show. Usually. Uh, yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah. Should we dip into Potomac briefly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I want to tell you another thing that I noticed that I've not seen anybody else notice on Potomac. So when they were at um, Dr. Wendy's house and she was uh, revealing Happy and Ness, um, <laughs> when they were clicking back and forth between showing the women on the couch while Wendy was like doing her big speech and everything about like, now I'm trying to do something for myself, blah, 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 all that. They kept going back to the women on the couch, like looking at their faces or being bored or whatever. And then back to Wendy and the back to the women on the couch. And some of those flips back to the couch, there were um, looked like silicone implants on the couch. Like what you would what? see like in the doctor's office, like what's in that like Tamara judges implant that's in the uh, clubhouse yeah on the couch <laughs> on both couches between the women as it's as if she had come out and been like this is the size I got and gave them like a sample but it was on the couch in some shots and then not on the couch so I kept thinking like well at some point she's gonna say something about that but it's a whole scene that they cut out and then when they were using the reaction shots they forgot to take those out of the picture oh and it and- wasn't the cupcakes <laughs> Wasn't nope, the these were clear <laughs> jello. They were like, look like little jellyfish <laughs> sitting on the couches. And I was like, is nobody going to, nobody's going to say, that? these are the kind of things that I noticed that drive me bonkers. I bonkers. wish I had that level of attention to detail while watching. And I don't, I always follow where the producer wants my eyes to go. Mm, mm. I just, yeah. well, that's, you're a good viewer then. Cause I'm just like, First no, of all, you're I was like, a good is, viewer. Uh, well, usually I'm like, look, because sometimes I'm looking at the furniture or I'm th- or I'm thinking to myself, those couches absolutely aren't normally there. And they probably had to move them for filming for people to walk around because that doesn't look right. There's not enough space between this and that. Like, those are the kind of things I'm looking at. I do look at if art doesn't make sense, because usually it's because there's something there that's trademarked and they can't show it. Right. And so that's- they have like awkward they you know like Luann I don't think ever had a photo of just herself in her apartment although we all like to think that she does and laugh right. at her for it it's right. because they couldn't show the actual yes. like photos that she had so they covered them with just pictures of herself which is also wild <laughs> it's the it's the it's the Sheena Shea effect remember when yes. she had she had um 20 by 20 posters of herself and Mike Shea RIP all over her apartment. They were like, all you have is wedding pictures of yourself. And then she said on watch what happens live or somewhere. She was like, Oh my God. Okay. I do have those pictures because they wouldn't let me have my artwork. I was like, let's don't act like your artwork didn't come from world market girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> no shade to world market, but I mean, really, really. Oh, my goodness. So did you follow this whole hot box and sing sing thing that Karen was shouting at Giselle? Uh, I followed it, but I didn't. Unlike the Erica Jane, Tom Girardi rolled down the hill story. I didn't I wasn't able to piece it together. Now, somebody said somebody sent me a text or a DM or something that said that allegedly Jamal had given Giselle some sort of STD. And that's why Karen was saying hot box. But the mm-hmm. Sing Sing, I don't know if she did know that was a prison. I don't know. 
So what I've heard is that, yes, the STD thing, but it was like right before they were supposed to get married and she checked into some sort of wellness center or psychiatric facility. Okay. Hence the Sing Sing. I don't know that any of that is true. It's just the rumor. Him him giving her an STD is, you know, it's a pretty high chance that that's true. No shade on it. Happens to a lot of people. But um, not great if it's the person you're about to marry, no. Right. But it also, (laughs) me putting my public health hat on, doesn't even necessarily, we know that he cheated on her, but giving her an STD, especially if it's something like recurrent, like herpes or HPV, wouldn't necessarily mean that he was cheating on her because he could have gotten herpes 10 years earlier, had an outbreak, had unprotected sex with her, and her get herpes as a result, and not cheated. So <laughs> that that's all true. But we are talking about Dr. We are Pastor Holly Hoare. Yeah, yes, so. Don't forget. Um, yeah, that somebody said that I didn't understand the sing sing part though. So okay, that that makes sense. Okay, well, if she did know. do that, then good for her for taking care of her mental health. And she shouldn't have married him, but she did. But you know, and so that's why people say that her father can't stand Jamal is because. Not only did he cheat on her, but he put her through hell uh, emotionally and physically Mm -hmm. and all of that. So Mm -hmm. what do you make of Mia? Mia, I'm pretty interested in because a a little light dive on her saw that she did get a degree as a massage therapist. Um, And then it, from what I could gather, started working at Massage Envy in somewhere in North Carolina from there became like a director and then bought some franchises and the massage envy spurned off into the joint chiropractic massage envy owns the joint chiropractic. So then she then was in a position to buy some franchises. Now, I don't know if she did that on her with her own money or with G's money. I don't know the timeline on that, but I thought it was pretty fascinating that they just, she was just like, yeah, I've had my boobs done, my butt done, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, I met him in a strip club. I'm like, go ahead and say it before anybody else says it. That's what I like. I like how she's, when, I, Crystal in a little bit in the same way, like, yeah, I worked at an escort agency and my husband's 20 years older, put it together. I mean, you know, that's, I, I'm not saying Crystal did anything. I'm saying she may have met him through those channels, but oh, I like, okay. I think Mia was just like, yeah, we met at a strip club. I was a bartender. Just like Melissa Gorga, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, I thought she was a chiropractor, but no, you have no. to go to school for that. She's no, 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 no. She has her li- uh, massage and be licensed medical. She has a uh, ma- like deep tissue relaxation massage uh, accreditation from some college. And then I looked up that college and they offer tons of stuff. Like you could get like uh, a four-year degree, but you can also get two-year degrees in things like being a like sonogram technician and a phlebotomist mm-hmm. and things like that. And then the um, neuromuscular tissue, blah, blah, blah. That's what, that's what she got. Oh, interesting. Cause her whole thing about like pop off, like I thought, I just assumed she was a chiropractor. She could have gotten an additional degree, but that was the one that I was able to locate. And then she bought the joint chiropractic practices after she worked at Massage Envy. Are we going to find out whether or not her um, license lapsed? (laughs) (laughs) And will it matter if she owns 
14 <laughs> franchises or whatever she says. You, I did not know. I mean, because we see that we're both in the D.C. area. I've seen them all over the place. I didn't know it was a chain. I just thought it was like in D.C. and it was like one person had like six offices. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. But I'm sure they make a ton of money off of it. Although I'm sure COVID was pretty hard. But yeah, you know, like, you still got to get your back adjusted even in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> And then Wendy is starting a home essential line with candles. Okay. I um, feel what's way different about Wendy than I did last season. What's the what's your expertise in candle making? I mean, I, I think that she led with her brain and how smart she is and um, accomplished. And so now we're going to do like a whole turnaround of like, now I'm going to, it's going to be about my body too. And I'm going to make candles. I don't quite get it, but maybe I'll have to just wait and see where it's going. I don't get it either. I also don't understand this. Why does Eddie have to be involved? She's like, Eddie's running the business side. Isn't he a lawyer? Yeah. I mean, I guess okay. you need a lawyer if you have business sure. for contracts and all that. But I don't under, I, this pivot is very un bizarre to me because what she told us last season was that she wanted to step away from being a professor and do more right. political commentary right. and then now it's like she's not mentioning the political commentator stuff she wants to have candles and i know people can do multiple things like dr tiffany moon has you know candle line and she's an anesthesiologist like <laughs> right but I don't know something just i don't i don't see where it all comes together with wendy it feels like I kind of feel like how Robin does. Like, did you get a new personality? Like, get a personality transplant <laughs> season? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. she's just acting so different than she did before. Yeah, that was so weird, too. When they first asked her, like, if she had her butt done and stuff, and she was like, oh, I just had some other things. It's because she had this whole plan of how she wanted it to go. So I do think she, like, brought out the implants and put them on the couch and showed them. And then I think after dinner, she was going to do some other presentation about her butt. <laughs> and they ruined it for her by being like, tell me what's happening back there. And then, and then all the ladies were like, I mean, if you're going to just tell us everything. Like, we want to know. Like, we're jealous. We want to do it, too. Like, they weren't judging her. They were thrilled no, for her. No, they weren't judging her. I am, though. I'm judging her for the, the butt thing because I did a deep dive into Brazilian butt lifts and very they are dangerous. very dangerous. And right. mo I judge that plastic surgeon of hers for doing it. And he did Dolores's butt too and mm -hmm. Dolores's boobs and Margaret Joseph's boobs. And he's mm -hmm. in our area. I just, I, there's other things you can do to make your butt look like that surgically that don't have a one in 3000 chance of death. It's very, very dangerous. And um, I know that if anybody ever listens to Jeff Lewis Live, his former friend, Krista Lamas, is on there a lot. And she almost, like, bled out from her yeah. PBL. Like, they they kind of joke about, like, remember when he almost died because you wanted a bigger butt? Like, they, they would joke with her about it. But she was like, no, she lost so much blood and she almost died. Like, yeah, I mean, just... I would say I would say do some squats, but I'm not doing any squats, so I, I can't <laughs> tell anybody. I'll just have a flat butt. I don't care. I mean, Maybe flat, flat butts are going to come back, y'all. Right? I had no idea it was so dangerous. And I don't judge anyone for like wanting to get plastic surgery. It's just like choosing to do a procedure that's very dangerous, that's not recommended. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like getting your boobs done or getting your nose done or facelift or whatever is like the common thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then it kind of ends with Karen inviting the women and their husbands to a love lunch. Of course, Giselle and Robin don't come. 
And there's this altercation between Wendy and Mia over how Mia was like kind of two-faced to Karen versus Giselle. And it was a great point though. I it can't was. remember who made it. I can't remember who made the point. Was it Candace that was like, now wait a minute. Why were you getting her number and you're she brought you, but then you're trying to be friends with Giselle oh, and you Wendy. can tell she has a good heart. Like I don't get like it was a, it was a good point. It was a good point. Yeah, you can tell Mia's coming in to play a game, right? She understood the assignment, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the kids say? I think I don't know. I don't know what the kids say, Mary Payne. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I, I think she was just like, I'm gonna try to be friends with everybody. Yeah. But if she if you if you come in with somebody and that person has like a like an arch enemy with somebody else, I mean, yeah, you don't like let me get your number and I can tell you have a good heart. And she just said that you were a whore from Hampton University. I'm like, wait, what's that? What's wrong with Hampton University? I was like, what are these insults coming across the table? I mean, and then I was trying to remember, um, I had been Mandelker on our podcast last week, and I was trying to remember, wait, okay, why is everybody fighting? Okay, so Giselle is mad because Karen and Monique brought up the, brought up the fact that Jamal had like just recently had a baby with somebody else, like you know, four days ago or something. So Giselle was mad about that. And then Candace was mad at Karen because she didn't feel like Karen had her back and the whole Monique thing. Well, I was trying but, to remember why people but were mad also, at also Karen basically went to HR to get Candace fired. Right. Didn't work, yeah. but right. It didn't work, right, right, right. but... I mean, I don't know how Candace could ever trust Karen after that. Yeah, I do like that we're getting uh, these uh, bonus kids now. Now, obviously, that one of the baby mamas was not on board a couple of seasons ago, but now it's like, fine, you're going to give us a $500 Amazon card for letting the kids appear on TV. I'll do it. <laughs> I can't imagine those kids are, are, you know, getting much, but Chris is probably like, if you just let them be on there and show that we have this like real life with kids and stuff, then whatever they get, you know, you can keep it up. We won't have to split it. 50-50. It was also, you know, during COVID and I'm sure he wanted to see his kids and they can't just keep going back and forth and back and forth. I right. know a lot of like custody arrangements shifted to try yeah. and keep everyone in their own bubbles. And I'm sure yeah. he's like, I want to see my kids too, even though it's COVID, but we're filming. So like, can we make this work? You know, yeah. I'm sure they found a way to do it, but it's nice to see. For it's sure. nice to see people are like, oh, they're trying to make, you know, Candace you know, seem likable. I'm like, you're going to like her. Or you're not going to like her. Uh, the addition of Chris's kids is not going to change your mind. The fact that she couldn't do simple fifth grade math it, it made me like her because I was like, and she's about to get a master's degree. I was like, me either, girl. Me either. Because <laughs> <laughs> when she said that, when they said that, I was like, oh, word problem. Make it stop. Make it oh, stop. Oh, I immediately did it in my head. Of course she I'm did. I'm a dork. But of course she um, did. Of course she did. Numbers make sense to me. So it was like, I don't I couldn't understand Mia when she couldn't figure out how the age difference between her and her husband. I'm like, she still didn't know. She said she had to go look at her driver's <laughs> license. She couldn't remember her age, which was definitely more relatable. Um, but... Well, it's just like Erica was like, well, I married a man that was 20 years older than me. And it was like, ting, 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 ting. All the like math on the screen. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, it's just so funny. Because when Tom was married, when, I, when he got married, he was 50. It was like, ting, 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 61. I was like, that's quite a difference. I quite a difference. love Potomac. But part too. of me is like, could we just call it the Real Housewives of Maryland? Because these people are all over Maryland, but they are not in Potomac. Uh, isn't Candace's house in Virginia or no? No, she is in, oh my God, I said it, I Upper was... Mar- Marlboro. Yes, okay. That's where she is, which is like 55 minutes from Potomac. 
Uh, it's not like, Upper Marlboro is not too far from where they were because they were okay. So I live. They were in Owens uh, Mills before. No, they were at the national. Uh, they were at National Harbor. Mm-hmm. So they were directly across. Like I could, I could see oh, from their house from my house. Yeah. yeah, right across from Alexandria. So you go over the bridge, and that's from Virginia into Maryland, and then you go into National Harbor, and there was their house right there. If you keep going down, maybe like ten miles or so, the next exit's like our Upper Marlboro is all like up in there. I know this because my son plays basketball up in there, so I know where it is. It's not that, not that far, but not near Potomac. It's not near no. Potomac, and then. Wendy apparently lives 30 minutes away from Johns Hopkins northwest, which is probably closer to Pennsylvania than it is to D.C. 30 minutes past Johns Hopkins, which is in Baltimore. So that's not that's not that is a far drive if you are coming from where Candace is. Yes. Like really far. And I do think it, you know, I, I went to that book signing that Andy Cohen did and somebody at, here in D.C. and somebody in the audience asked him why they call it Potomac. And that's so annoying because only two of them live in Potomac. Blah, 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 you know, got all mad. He goes, OK, OK. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, they don't all live right in Atlanta. Beverly Hills, they don't live in Beverly Hills. It's just a name. But he was like, I get it. Oh, my God. Like, he was just like, OK, Dallas, yeah. they don't all live in Dallas. We're like, but at least we got was, the Potomac River. Right? So they all live around the Potomac River. <laughs> I mean, ish. Ish. Yeah, you're right. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and they couldn't call it D.C. area because they already did that. They couldn't call it the no- uh, Nova, Northern Virginia. I don't know. The DMV. DMV. Real House has yeah. the DMV. Yeah. That's the people- only people in this area call it the DMV. Because <laughs> like, people are like, DMV is the Department of Motor Vehicles. No, y'all, if you live here, it's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. <laughs> Fun facts. Facts. I, I love these women, though, and I don't know what it is, but I love all of them. I love Giselle and I love Karen. I love Candace and I love Ashley. Like, I don't want to take sides. I find them all entertaining. I find some things that they do funny or relatable or awful. Like, I just like it all. Like, I'm entertained by them. I'm, you know, I, I met Karen in the train station um, in New York City. And uh, she was completely nice and fine. I think on the show, she's really playing up her her character. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, they all do that. It's not just her. But that kind of bugs me because I think when she's genuine, you know, I think that's when I like her more than that she's like trying to be like, you're a broken whore from Hampton University and you're hot box and sing sing and like all that <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I don't I don't necessarily love that version of Karen. But, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. You it know? is. I was sad about... Um, Robin, who obviously has some sort of like COVID depression and a lot of us could relate, but I didn't like how he was like, well, it's not sexy. You just need to like get up. I was like, I know, I know. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was a real moment though, in a marriage between someone who's been depressed and probably isn't getting proper treatment Mm because it's freaking COVID. And then a husband who's like, I need you to help out around the house. And like, you're not cooking for the kid you're not like pulling up your side of Mm -hmm. the bargain of like helping raise these kids together and I'm not attracted to you which is a terrible thing to say to someone like that's not what you Mm -hmm. say when someone needs help and compassion it's It's not not attractive it's not hot so I want to have more babies with you preferably twin girls that makes a lot of sense (laughs) what one god I did read and uh looked at him up the other day that according to the web's According to the internet, he makes $100,000 a year as the coach of Papa State University basketball. 
she's probably got getting up there in housewife salaries because mm-hmm. she's been around for so long. So I'm happy that they're building a new house. Mazel. Do you know where that house is? Is it Hanover? Now that I don't know, but we could find out. We, Somebody we let find us know. Out. Somebody let us know. These houses, it's so like Candace got that $1.1 million house and it's gorgeous, right? There's like 10,000 square feet, but mm-hmm. like $1.1 $1. million does not go very far in Potomac <laughs> or in Bethesda, which is why Giselle had to buy like what a $900,000 house that was completely messed Tear up. Down. And Tear then. Down. And she, the thing is, she didn't tear it down, though. She just yeah. built this wing next to it that is a completely different house and has this, like, part that, like, makes them go together that does is not even the height of, like, the West Wing or the regular height of the house. There's, like, a little... It's pretty janky. It reminds me of, you know, in Apollo 13, how they're, like, have these, like, two things and they go, like, in... <laughs> not making any sense in the rocket ship and they have to like okay. go through this weird like yes, a yes. hallway to get uh-huh. to the bigger rocket yes. part uh-huh. that's what her house reminds me of it's like a m- lunar module that's not quite okay it doesn't align <laughs> my mind would go to a Chuck E. cheese ball pit where they have those things that connect the sections or like the hamster oh. pages where they have that section in the middle that connects them Yes, that's, that's the hamster sort of, thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's probably it. It is. It's. I, I. I like that she wanted to put like a whole section on the house. It's for her and the other, you know, whatever, and everybody meet in the kitchen and all that. I. I. I abhor her decorating style with a fiery passion. I think it's awful. Um, but I probably would not have really picked up on how awkward the outside of the house looks if Robin didn't be like, "It's great on the inside. It looks terrible on the outside." I was like, oh, she's right. Doesn't match. But maybe she'll live there forever and ever and ever. Amen. Yeah, because, oh, man. I'm just thinking because I just went through some remodeling and, like, Mm -hmm. the amount of permits you have to get and things have to match and you can't do things the way just you want to. It's like, you know, you've got, like, the D.C. regulatory authority, you Mm -hmm. know, like breathing down your neck. And so it's like, what are they doing over in Bethesda that she's able to just like add on this part of the house? Where was it properly permitted? <laughs> I do wonder though, how, like, so if you're just like in the kitchen and you go through and then I guess there's like a, you go into a bedroom and then in the bedroom is a stairway to a closet that's upstairs. Like a glam area. None right. of it makes sense to me. Uh uh-uh. uh. What if you have to get out in the middle of the night? Do you have to go upstairs to go to the bathroom? Because that would be a pain in the ass. No, I'm sure there's a bathroom. She showed us her bathroom. Yeah, but was it on the main level or was it upstairs with the glam room? I, I, <laughs> We're going to need Bravo to do like a house tour. We are. Tour. None of it makes sense to me. I want to talk to the general contractor. Like, what was the thinking <laughs> behind this? Can you please explain the architect? Like, what? somebody out there knows. Somebody out there like lives in that neighborhood and saw the little contractor sign in her yard and could tell us exactly what it was. Her neighbors must fucking hate that place. <laughs> People oh are God. so, they're so judgy when people like add on additions to homes here. It's like you're messing up the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if that house, it, what, it did cost a lot of money. I imagine it, it is in a pretty decent neighborhood. It's yeah. a really nice neighborhood for sure. And her kids go to like a really nice school. So. That I know because a very close friend of mine's daughter was playing lacrosse against Giselle's daughter a couple of weekends ago. And she sent me like a, like you know took a picture of the field and bryant on the back and she said do you think that's giselle's daughter does she go to whatever was the school and i go no idea 
And she was like, 10 minutes later, Shrubby's like, yep, it's her. I figured it out. It's a door or it's Grace or whoever. It must be, a, it was one of the, it not a, not Grace. Um, because Grace, angel? I think. Was one of them must, Angel? Yeah, it's Angel and Adore and Grace. Adore, yeah. They're so beautiful and so smart so and smart. so well adjusted. <laughs> yeah. Those kids. Oh, my God. And she's, like, trying to give them advice. And they're like, we should be giving you advice. You have terrible like, advice. They're like, like, you don't even yes. know how to break out with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I loved it. it. I loved it, too. I, I, like how they're, I like how they're in the show more kind of giving her. She's, because those are the only kid. those are the only people that she'll take, like, negative feedback from. You know? Right. Yeah. Her and sometimes Robin. If Robin mm-hmm. presents it a certain way. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm loving Potomac. We're just getting in it. I um, still hate Michael. I don't think Ashley should be having to put anything in any hole uh, one week from having a baby. I and think talking to her mom about it? And her, her mom mom's like, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do, basically, so they don't leave you or cheat on you. Yeah. It's like, what is he doing for Ashley now that she's nine months? Is he, like, giving her a foot massage every night? Like, what is he doing to keep her? Right. Well, I asked Ben when he was on our podcast, I said, how long is it again until Michael gets caught on camera doing something? He goes, well, it's an 18 month cycle. So we're almost due. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, you had that answer right off the tip of your tongue. He goes, no, it's every 18 months he does something. It's wild to me that Bravo or the production company True Media is okay with having him sign all the papers and be on film. It's it's just wild to me. I don't know how this all, I don't know. It's very bizarre. And how all of the other women are like, okay, we're going to move past this because Ashley's trying to build a family with this man. But why? I mean, why? I know. All right. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. I think everyone shares that opinion. Well, Mary Payne, this has been so fun. I always love chatting with you. I um, love chatting with you, girl. Let's tell everyone where they can find us if they don't okay. already know. This is, uh, we're doing a little crossover, guys. Crossover. So for, for me, for Pink Shade, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I co host with my friend Aaron Martin, Pink Shade. And Instagram is Pink Shade Pod. Twitter is Pink Shade Pod. And uh, TikTok is Pink Shade Podcast. Keep your ex- expectations low. I am. Um, I'm in charge of it, which means one applause. comes out every like. Three months, yeah. If, I I, if something really so strikes me, impressed yeah. that you are on TikTok. It just takes it. It's you know what it is. I see stuff all the time that I think that would be so funny to put on TikTok. It's the time. It's like I gotta sit and I take the time. I'm not a teenager that can put up a TikTok like that. I have to really think about it, and it takes a lot of time. I've had to teach it to myself, like a real old lady trying to teach herself TikTok. Is it's not a good look. I don't know how to learn new things. I don't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, tell everyone where they can find you, Mandy. Yes, so <laughs> you can listen to Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker wherever you find podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. That's slut, S-K-E-R. Should be pretty easy to find. And a shout out to your listeners. I've got a question. In okay. three weeks, I am going on a trip to the Hamptons. <gasps> and I'm going to be staying in East Hampton and in South Hampton. And I was wondering if people had recommendations, especially in Southampton for a place to go get drinks because I've been told that's an area that the uh, summer house people mm-hmm. go hang out in but it doesn't even have to be summer house any sort of fancy fan fun place to get a drink or restaurant that you love okay or your favorite beach are you south of the highway 
would Ramona approve? Of yes, what you're saying you're we are. Well, it depends. We're staying at two different places. So we're staying for a couple days in East Hampton. Okay. And we're staying like in down like the main part of East Hampton. And you have to drive to get to the beach. But yeah, we okay. have beach access and chairs and umbrellas. And then we're staying at the Southampton Inn in Southampton, where you're like walking distance from all the restaurants and stuff in Southampton. Okay. And I, I have my um, car. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Listeners, please reach out to Mandy. You're in our Pink Shade Facebook group, I think, yes. or you can just reach out to her on Instagram, uh, DM her and let her know. I am so jealous and I can't wait to get all the details of your trip. I did do a quick like look to see if we just like look at places to go around here that I could drive to, you know, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have to take a plane to. I did look at, I did look at the Hamptons and I was like, I can't afford this. So we planned it a while ago. Yeah. Um, as soon <clears throat> as I even was signed up for my COVID shot, hadn't even had it yet, <laughs> but was You're like, like I'm going somewhere. But like signed up to like try and get it. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going somewhere, going to enjoy it, and we're going to go to the Soul Cycle at near Southampton, which is apparently where all the fancy people do. Soul yes, Cycle. yes. So uh-huh. let you know who I see around there. <sighs> gonna be a good episode okay all right keep me posted <laughs> keep so me posted excited. i would i like i'd like real time photos everything okay i'll, be, I'll just text, text you me, just text me if i see well, anything I, thank you for having me on and doing this crossover podcast um because i always love talking to you i, 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 I always tell Eric, i'm like I go, you should always talk to mandy about bravo because she's got like the real smart girl takes on things Oh, I don't know about that but <laughs> i can't i don't even notice when someone's got boobs sitting in their living room Go back and take a look. Go back and take a look. <laughs> Implants on the couch. It. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, yep. I spend all my time thinking about, does Erica just not pick up her dog's poop? And like, why was she so frustrated that her dog defecated? Like, I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> uh, Triago. What a kind of, what a nick kind of a name is this? Like Trivago, but with no V. He seems like a nice dog, but I kind of feel bad for him. I feel like... I don't know. I feel he's like Eric gla- is not very nice. He's got the glam squad. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know. How long is the glam squad going to stay around? That's, that's the burning question, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we'll leave you all with that. How long do you guys think the glam squad will stay around? <laughs> Who knows? Only Mikey Menden knows. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you.